We got company. Hang on. Welcome back to the final episode of the Book of Boba Fett is going to be diced up, chopped up, reviewed by yours truly, Drew Rankin, and of course, my best friend and IPA enthusiast, Dan Goswick. Woo, we out here. Yes, a great uh, finale to the show. Um, seven episodes, and man, it feels like they went by pretty quick, so I'm excited to break it down and talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what's the next to come. Uh, I think that's going to be a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about today. Did we get seven episodes of one show, or did we get four episodes of one show, two episodes of another, and one ultimate mashup of something else entirely? <clears throat> you know, I was thinking about this, and I think back to a lot of the things that we have referenced successfully in the show is stuff from the Clone Wars and stuff from Rebels and, you know, some of the other expanded uh, series. And when you watch those, I mean, there's like... seven seasons of 15 or so episodes there's a lot of episodes and a lot of the time in those series we go off all around i mean we have you know plot lines where it's just you know r2d2 and c3po we have plot lines where it's kind of all over the place and it felt like they're just kind of doing that but live action now yeah i i i think the trouble that we all got in here is that it was titled The Book of Boba Fett and that mm. set everybody's expectations for it to be something that it at times was done very well and at other times was more like what you're referencing. I think if this show just had a, a another title, a g- more generic Star Wars title and we just got some Boba Fett anthology for a couple mm-hmm. episodes and I think nobody would have been complaining about it all. Again, I said this on the last podcast. I don't care. I think all all good Star Wars is good Star Wars, and I don't care what the title is. If it's a Ahsoka episode later on, but it's like all about Ezra, am I going to complain? Not at all. So, I um, yeah, it was it was a it was good. I think overall, we can we can kind of touch base on the entirety of the series, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into this episode specifically. So we we open up in the ruins of Garza Whip's sanctuary and I think all but genuinely confirmed Garza is no more. So yes. RIP. RIP yeah. to the pretty Twi'lek who gave us some fun moments in this series. Um, but they're standing there and what was the, the sanctuary, uh, a hub of the city for good, bad, and otherwise folks to frequent. Mm. And and we're just getting this interaction between Boba Fett, Fennec Shand, Mando, and the mods of just kind of explaining, like, what do we do next? Where do we go from here? Um, yeah, definitely you know, Boba, cool. That they, yeah, go ahead. Bo- Boba's, Boba's thought is to post up in the palace, right? To Because it's, the, the thing's fortified. He's, he knows it like the back of his hand. He can sort of anticipate where things may be lead and how to best defend it versus Garza's who's he's he's probably been into I mean unless he's doing so off screen three times he's been into that building and mm. it just blew up so none of it's the same as it was shortly ago um 
but yeah, just that was an interesting dynamic of, am I going to be, am I going to use my old mindset and my bounty hunting skills almost, or am I new Boba Fett and this place means the city, this specific building means a lot to me. Therefore we're symbolically going to, going to post up here. Well, yeah. And they said, I mean, the mods really did kind of get a um, day in the sun, if you will, because they finally mm-hmm. did get a bit of a you know, reason for being here. And it was to kind of be that voice of the people for Boba to say, hey, you know, don't go be in your ivory tower. Go be right. with people. And, um, you know, again, it's just it's this eps- this show has had so many good things. But also there's been things that you can critique and one of them is kind of still why does Boba feel this affection to Tatooine and you know, this is his people. I mean, it wasn't ever anything where he was trying to, you know, free the Tuscan Raiders again. That wasn't really on the table. It wasn't anything right. So still, you know, after all this, I would think we'd have a little bit more of a clearer reason why we're doing all this. Yeah. And it's funny because we almost we almost got that same perspective from one of the characters in episode of Cad Bane mm-hmm. later on in the episode asks, I can't figure out your angle. Yeah. Like I, I get why maybe, you know, we as an audience have seen why Boba has changed, but why is he, why is he drawing the line in the sand literally and figuratively for Mos mm-hmm. Espa? Um, what's, what's going on here that he feels so compelled to defend what makes this quote his city? Um, yeah. Is it, is it just that this was where he was reborn and he sees the people here and knows that he can have some purpose and lead them or, you know, is there something else going on? And I don't know that we exactly got that answered. I, I thought, and again, I think I'm realizing as we're chopping this up and having more discussion versus me just kind of noodling some of this in my own brain, the more deeper you dive into some of this, I think the harder it is to potentially just enjoy some of the shows for what they are. Oh yeah. Um, right. So my expectations were that we might get the Tuscans in addition to the Freetown folk. And maybe they would have teamed up and then showed up. Um, and we didn't get that. So I, yeah, I felt like that was kind of a, a little bit of a miss in this episode of the, of the Tuscan Raiders in some iteration, not maybe being present, even if it wasn't exactly the same tribe that Boba obviously had before. It would have it would have brought a few more things together and make yeah. a couple more things make sense. Yep. Uh, Agreed. That said, still I don't want to make it sound super negative. Still very much enjoyed this episode. Still had a bunch of really, really cool moments. There were some, I mean, just throughout the entire series as well, where it's kind of like either the slower than maybe you'd like it to be or maybe a little predictable but i will say this unlike some other star wars things we tied up a lot of loose ends oh yeah things that we were expecting to happen they showed us you know whether it was the the showdown between boba and cad bane or the the him riding the rancor which we'll get to later but like a lot of the i had i had sort of four or five things leading into the episode and checked almost all of those boxes with the exception of our who's who's gonna show up um that they they fulfilled so i i think that's been a critique of star wars in the past and um to their credit they they tied some of those things up which was nice 
See, there's one thing though. I, I think I would have rather left untied, and I don't. I don't know how I feel about knowing the fate of Grogu. Um, having that wrapped up, I mean, it's fine. But I guess that was one of those big things that I thought would be a really cool cliffhanger to lean into Mandalorian season three and have that be resolved for that that series. I agree. I was not expecting it to. If we were going to get it, I thought it would be maybe hinted at in an end credit scene. Mm -hmm. I did not think we were going to get it fully played out in this episode mid almost beginning of the episode, really. Um, True. So, so that was interesting. I mean, I, for the purposes of the show and what the story they're trying to tell here is, I think it makes sense to your point last week of Grogu picking the chainmail over the lightsaber. Uh, but yeah, I think there could have been some mystery. Uh, Dad's allowed to have his own adventures sometimes, and this could have been a good one for that to happen. I'm not mad that he showed up. I think the scenes with Grogu were awesome. Um, oh, absolutely. But yeah, the, they could have had some more standalone and maybe given uh, a black chrysanthemum or a mod or maybe even a new character, some of the plot points that they gave to Grogu. So mm-hmm. again, not going to complain about it. I was pleased with the episode, but I wasn't expecting that. Right. But so. to that point, I mean, he was the, the catalyst. I mean, it's so, that was such a cool scene to see how he dealt with the, um, the rancor and yeah. how he, used i mean every a lot of jedi have that power of you know communing with animals and clearly grogu has that that makes sense and uh, that was just such a cool cool scene to see him um kind of take that peaceful route if you will yeah a little uh, ezra-esque yeah Rebels, whales right? yeah for sure so so we get this we get this scene they they decide to post up in the sanctuary and then it leads to Cad Bane showing back up and going to visit the Pike syndicate leader. And uh, we turns out the mayor and I, I don't know what it was, but I thought Cad Bane, if he looked cool in the last episode, he looked twice as cool mm-hmm. and twice as intimidating and was just so well done in this episode um, so I credit to them for making him sort of a feature of this episode, both in, you know, dialogue and in presence. He just stole the show in pretty much every scene that he was in. Oh, yeah. He's just an unreal character. I mean, it's so much fun seeing him on screen. It's hard to, to look away when he is, when he is on the screen and we'll see if we get him more on screen or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Little, uh, theory poking around the internet for right now about him, right? So he gets he gets in there. They're talking about you know oh, you know we've crossed the line. I wasn't anticipating. The mayor is saying we've crossed the line. I did not anticipate you know these these bombing you know, guerrilla warfare tactics of blowing stuff up. And um, you know the pike the pike leader's like, well, line's been crossed. They talk then about Boba and the Tuscans. And Cad Bane sort of is in the know on this, but I thought it would have been Cad Bane who did it. And I, based on the dialogue, it doesn't sound like it was Cad Bane. It sounds like it was the Pikes who did it. And Cad Bane seems a little almost taken aback by the, uh, you know, if it's, as, as cold-blooded as he is, it seems like he maybe even was, uh, 
surprised by the tactics by the pikes there to basically just tie up all their loose ends and move every all the pieces out of the way for them to be able to run their spice oh yeah for sure i mean it was uh it's bounty hunters and we've seen this storyline before in star wars where it's just work for the highest bidder and you know rarely do we see them kind of get involved like that so it was cool to see cad bane um be involved at that level to the the planning and then he sort of hints at what we see later in that he has ah okay so boba doesn't know it was you yeah i've got i'm gonna put that in my pocket and pull that that. yeah yeah Absolutely. I can, I can cause him to go rage monster and unleash his inner bounty hunter on us all. Um, and maybe make him make a mistake by doing so in in his emotions and anger. So, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Cad Bane scenes. And yeah, he does. He looked uh, to the critique before of him kind of looking pale, um, in the, in the Tatooine double sons. I, I felt like he looked great. I feel like he did look a, a, a shade darker in the uh, inside indoor scene there. Um, and I, and I thought, I don't know if they improved things or if they maybe just weren't as close up in some of those scenes, but either they tweaked them or it just, you know, happened to look better. But I thought he again, looked even better in some of those scenes. I can't tell. And I want to know if it's, if it's all like physical props or if there is some mix of that and CGA. I can't tell. I would guess exactly. that they're probably doing a little bit of both as far as, you know, some plastic animatronics and some CGI as well, just to pull that off. I mean, that's very big. If that's all just like facial acting by the, I mean, kudos to that guy for oh, yeah. like Jim Carrey with his face. If that's the case with all no, that absolutely. stuff on. Um, but yeah. Oh man. So good. All right. From there, we shift into, an X-Wing showing up on Tatooine. Man, and, uh, that, that was about to ruin all my theories. And it ruined most of them because I thought we were done with that whole storyline. And I was like, you tell me that Luke is showing up right now. Yeah, I I definitely thought it was Luke, um, you know, showing up basically like he did at the end of Mando season two. Um, turns out, and I don't, gosh, I don't know that I knew that a droid could just autopilot with no help whatsoever. I guess it makes sense. But man, that yeah, was... we've we've seen that before in, um, well, we've seen it with uh, episode one because obviously the the plane is on autopilot, and I believe that's R two, um, flying it when it's on autopilot, and I think we see it a couple of places. Yeah, but I I, I mean I guess Anakin accidentally hits some, right, right. So it's not like. You can just literally X-wing Uber, and it'll just, <laughs> just drop Baby Krogu off. Could you imagine? Could you? I mean, that's. I guess that's not that much different than putting a a kid on a plane and having you know Grandma and Grandpa pick the kid up on the other end of the plane if they're old enough to know what what's going on. But I mean. Grogu, for all intents and purposes, is a baby. And so that part, I mean, you do, he's not completely alone. He's got R2, and R2's as reliable as anyone in exactly. the Star Wars universe. But um, exactly. he fixes all problems, does R2. But I mean, what if, what if they run into some trouble on the way? Like, there's an X Wing flying around. Like, that's probably going to garner some attention. <laughs> you would think. You would definitely think. But 
But luckily, oh. I mean, luckily it was a safe flight for, for everybody involved, I suppose. Yeah, R2 gets five stars and a nice tip from uh, <laughs> from Mando for delivering the child safely. And the, one of the funnier moments of the entire episode is Pelimoto realizing, well, first seeing an X-Wing and like, you know, all right, everybody be cool, be cool. It's cops, right? Right. It's <laughs> the... Uh, you know the the rangers coming in and and shaking them down here or just making a surprise appearance and then she realizes obviously that it's grogu and and is you know in her pelimoto way given how close she is to droids she's able to speak fluent in pretty much everything droid it sounds like mm-hmm. r2d2 makes some beeps and she says what Grogu, that's a terrible name. I'm gonna, and she calls him Bright Eyes, and so yep. she's like, "I'm gonna, I'm not gonna call you that. I'm calling you Bright Eyes," which is hilarious because we've had this Grogu identity crisis of, is he Baby Yoda? Is he the child? Is he Grogu? And even now, canon in in Star Wars, he still has multiple names, which I is can't great. decide what to call. And that that's probably just uh, you know, the directors laughing at themselves a little bit because that definitely was. I think they wanted to have his name stick a little bit better, but just really couldn't. So yeah, it was pretty funny. It was funny. So that was good. Pelimoto and her. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely the comedic relief of this. I mean, a Mandalorian and Boba Fett. She's the she's the funny one, and she likewise kind of steals the show and uh, lightens the mood a little bit in all the scenes that she's in. So oh, for uh, sure, she was a great great character. Good development. How dare I leave her off the bingo list? You know, who would have thought? I was definitely not guessing. I mean, I thought she was kind of a minor character from the past, so it was cool to see her show up like that. Would she end up in, did she end up in the last three episodes or two of the last three? Mm-hmm. She was definitely in five and, and seven. Was she in six? I don't I'm know not sure. In six. Well, no, she made, well, she made a walk-by in yes. episode four. So, yeah, she was in three of the seven episodes in some way shape or form yeah very true crazy um scrogu's back this is awesome and then we get the classic scooby-doo trope i mean not that hey gang let's split up with boba fett fennec shand black chrysanthemum the mods and the gamorian guards everybody's gonna post up in different territories and areas to keep an eye out i mean in total let's just think about that Boba, Mando, Fennec, Black Chrysanthemum, the mods, let's call them five. One, two, three, four, five. And then, so we have 11 total people on the good guy's side. Yeah, just about. I mean, and a Rancor, so okay. Well, sure. He counts as 10. Uh, that's back pocket stuff. They don't come out guns a-blazing with him. So 11 people on their side before the Freetown folks show up. Did they not not a lot they of people. Were, I'm not very confident in that group taking on a whole syndicate. No, and and knowing that Cad Bane's on that side. Whew. Oh, Ooh. for sure. I mean, it's they were definitely undermanned, and I think you can see in the whole, uh, you know, discussions of like your your boys aren't coming. That definitely did feel, um, you know, like they're pinned down, and it's it is very much what I liked about this episode and this series particularly. Um, I really, everyone was fair game at this point. I mean, I could have seen them outside of Mando. I could have seen them killing off literally any character. Yeah. Uh, I would have hated to see him kill off some of 
like Black Chrysanthemum, for instance, just because he's been such a huge hit and unknown. So for him to go would have been a shame. But like, yeah, for like the mods, um, even in an epic way, somehow Boba or Fennec, like one of them saving the other, I could have seen that. I wouldn't have liked it, but I could have seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was definitely some suspense and um, it was interesting to me also the way that they broke them up. Of course, they put Santo with the Trandoshans. Oh, right. The, the little rivalry. Like, he's already ripped one of their arms off. Like, that's where you want to send him? Okay. Yeah. There's already some bad blood there. Yeah, and I thought he was in bad bad shape the way, you know, when everyone turned on them, which they even made a comment to it in the episode of, like, you know, they, they made the right call. That's probably the – they probably made the smart bet there. Yeah. You know, double-cross Boba, but despite our – Despite our love for him and our belief in him, they didn't know he was the main character. How right. could they? <laughs> right, man. When you don't get when you don't get that in writing, of yes, we will, we will be on your side. That that Switzerland gray area is not something I feel confident in. I didn't feel great about Boba not locking up the Aqualish, Trandoshans, and Clatoonians at the time in Episode Four. Um, mm-hmm. and I wasn't super surprised when they decided to cur- turn coat on, on our, uh, our ragtag gang of Boba Fett supporters. So for sure. Yeah. So pinned down, I thought Chrysanthemum was gone. I thought they were going to lock him there. I mean, but just, on, just how overmatched he was. Um, I mean, it looked like they and- were off in everybody. Cause then, uh, the, the Gamorrean guards fell off the cliff. Oh. R.I.P. R.I.P. Mm. Dad bod pigs, dude. They uh they fought to the bitter end with uh with good old Boba Fett. So that was their loyalty is unmatched. But yeah, I it really, was. I thought it I, was a doomsday. I really thought that the Gamorrean guards were going to like wherever that was below them. I thought that maybe that was where the mods were, and like mm. that was going to be the chain of event. Like you just see them fall i mean that's probably me i don't know maybe a little too dark because they would have just splatted but um but could you imagine the mods being like pinned down and all of a sudden the the camorian guards just splat that would have been bad (laughs) that would have been right that would have been a little dark for star wars i think i don't (laughs) a little discouraging but yeah yeah, also a little dark um and then in in comes fennec the master assassin the goat to save the day for the mods, thankfully. And she just starts picking them off one by one in, in the most Fennec Shand way possible. Gets a little, yeah. gets some brownie points and some respect from the mods. Oh yeah. And this was another episode too, where, I mean, we got a lot of Fennec Shan, a lot of good Fennec Shan showing just how strong she is, how powerful she is, um, which was awesome to see. And We'll get to the you know the, the the scene at the end, which is my favorite scene of this episode with Fennec Shan. But oh yeah, yeah the decision to say let's break up this group and um, you know even we kind of haven't gotten to it, but breezed by a little bit. But you know Boba's sitting there and they're making all the decisions to you say everyone's posting up so that we know where they're coming from, and um, we kind of get an idea of what Boba feels like about the Mandalorians because we really don't know his attachment other than he knew that his dad was a foundling and he knew about the religion 
Mm-hmm. He says, you know, oh, you believe in that bantha fodder? Right. And referencing it, saying, you know, that's nonsense. But good thing you do, because you're going to stay here with me. So that was Man. cool to see um, them kind of get a little piece of that. And then that just opens up the conversation of what happens when Boba or if Boba ends up meeting Omega. And, you know, this is another clone. Uh, you know, what happens with the Mandalore? you know, line, is he going to go back to Mandalore at all? Or, you know, what's, what's in it for Boba next? Um, is definitely a new question. Yeah. Uh, I, interesting to see Boba's belief system tied to the Mandalorians. I think pretty much anything he cares about Mandalorian related is, is tied to his father in that armor and everything mm-hmm. else is literally quote Bantha fodder. Right. Yeah. We see him having sort of a heated discussion with, you know, Bo-Katan and, oh, I can't remember her name. Um, the WWE wrestler that came in in last season and was in. Sasha Banks. Yes. Uh, but what's her, what's her actual character? Oh, I name? couldn't tell you. Yeah, I can't remember. And that's, that's shame on me for, cause she's, she was awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, they come to blows basically. Uh, we, we kind of got ahead of ourselves on the split up and patrol section and kind of, jumped ahead to the fates of all of those folks but we did skip over the cad bane boba stare down the showdown which looked to me like are we getting this now are we getting the 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 rematch of the I, unfinished clone Ar- clone wars scene right here in the middle of the episode like okay let's go see, i started thinking that but then his helmet's already dented well i mean his helmet's been dented but i, I think it's sort of the the mindset I have is that this is the rematch. This is ah, I see. Th- that's already happened, even though it's not quote unquote canon or hasn't mm-hmm. been polished. Like it's sort of like a hey, the dent's still there. It happened, and now these two are familiar enough with one another. And um, you know, Cad Bane does kind of mention that he's beat him to some bounties. I don't know that he, I don't know that that later on is him saying that I've beaten you before, Boba, but. Um, it's interesting. I think it is alluding to that for sure. I I kind of thought so as well, but it didn't come out and directly say it that way. But I think it's sort of implied, right? Um, a deep cut for everybody who's just a casual fan. It's just two cool dudes facing off for everybody who's big nerds and has a podcast and talks about this stuff regularly. It's like, oh my gosh, it's happening. Right. Oh, yeah. They covered, I mean, they went in depth for a lot of fan service in this one as well, which was very cool to see. I did see I did see the line that that Cad Bane has in reference to Boba kind of retorting and saying, you know, I'm not who I was or whatever. If that isn't the Quay or Quacta calling the stif- stiffly sliding <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, and some Star Wars atonism or whatever. Yeah, some some super colloquialism of, of the Star Wars universe. Turns out Boba Fett said that to the Sasha Banks character or Bo-Katan, I can't remember which, that line was spoken between them last season of Mandalorian. Oh, really? So that exact set, so that is now canon as a very common phrase instead oh, nice. of the pot calling the kettle black. It's oh, yeah. <laughs> their version of that. That's pretty um, But, oh man, the yeah great great showdown and then um uh what i liked too is fennec shan coming in because i think boba 
I mean, you could tell that Cad Bane was trying to use all of his information for him to try oh, to yeah. make mistakes, saying, you know, hey, all your Tuscan friends, we wiped them out or they wiped them out and you didn't know. And you could see him obviously getting frustrated, but Fennec Shan being the, uh, you know, the calmer of the two saying, hey, let's do this on our terms. That's what we need to do. Well, and from Boba's perspective, right, like they're banking on the folks from Freetown showing up and Cad Bane basically makes it sound, you know, like, hey, I paid him a visit. You shouldn't have left Cobb. You shouldn't have taken the armor from Cobb Vance. Like he's gone. He's down. He's out. And... Mm -hmm. When he says that that way, and then again, kind of skipping ahead, the the weak way guy says, you know, the Mando's interaction with him of, you know, I'm sorry to hear about Cobb Vanth, and he was he was gunned down in cold blood. This whole time, I've been thinking Cobb Vanth is is coming back. He's just got a flesh wound, but he'll be okay. And I doubted it. There, they gave me some doubt of whether or not that was viable or um but nobody ever stays dead in the uh, Star Wars universe, as we've come to find out. If Darth Maul can get cut in half, he can come back, then uh, everyone's pretty much fair game to come back. To steal Poe Dameron's line, somehow Cobb Vanth returns. Somehow. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so all, all hell breaks loose then from there, and that's when we start seeing everything blow up for everybody, and the action really starts. Um, the locals turn on Boba's gang. Fennec saves the day. Um, and then Boba and Mando just have this absolutely incredible dual Mandalorian armor showdown. Like, the elite squad here Unreal. going ham on everybody around. They've got their jetpacks. They've got their pistols. They're using every single gadget in their arsenal. Almost, it reminded me a little bit of... Um, is it Iron Man 2, where Iron Man, Tony Stark, and Rhodey, War Machine, mm. are taking out everybody, right? Like, they're they're back-to-back, and they're just going nuts. It was very reminiscent of that, which is For obviously sure. John Favreau's got some influence there. Such a well-done scene. And then, yeah, I mean, they start, they're not completely immortal. They start getting outnumbered, and... Thankfully, some reinforcements show up. But um, for me, the the scene where Boba kind of shoots with one hand and sticks his knee out and shoots his missiles, and then uh, Mando shoots his whistling birds. Those those two for me specifically in that sequence were the coolest. Oh, no doubt. I mean, that whole sequence was just unbelievable. Um, and it was, you know, we have been asking about this, and that's why a lot of any criticisms that I want to give to this series, I want to do it kind of tongue in cheek because we've all been complaining. Hey, we want bat. We got, we want, you know, big bad Boba Fett on fighting. And this is exactly what we got. You know, we yeah. got, I mean, this was on the best star Wars action that we've seen, you know, since Luke and coming back in the Mandalorian. It was awesome. Yeah. It was reminiscent of Boba's original reappearance in Mando season two of him just, using the full extent of his armor and his abilities to take out as many folks as he can. And yeah, uh, yeah absolutely awesome. That that scene gets a 10 out of 10 for me. The Cad Bane scenes, 10 out of 10. There's some other things you can nitpick on, but oh man, that's what I'm saying. Some really, really cool moments, not just in this episode, but in the whole series. Um, if you had told us before the series started that we would have gotten some of those and we actually, you know, 
would have seen them on screen, you'd have been very happy. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. And then, yeah, the Freetown folks ride in on a, on a tank, basically, and kind of give some relief to Bubba and Mando, who were in pretty rough shape there, kind of pinned down themselves. Um, and, yeah, it's just the sort of backwater country folks. And they sort of allude to that at one point when the uh, they, these who are these sand scurriers, the, uh, the basically the people that are coming here to save the city folks, like total, yep. totally oh, yeah. country and city folk rivalry, but they're on the same side. There was a lot of that, and a lot of you know when they exchange weapons, like you're going to snipe with that pistol, like no, take my take my rifle for your sniping later on in the episode. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of that city slicker versus. Uh, you know, country folk, and it was it was very you know this was very war film. I mean, it was like um, Rogue One, where there's just explosions and gunshots, and it, it kind of sh- goes to show again, even though we do get Grogu saving the day, you can do a lot in Star Wars without having a Jedi present. Yeah, yeah, and even the so in the next scene we get these giant scorpion spider type droids that remind me of the um the the battle droids i can't think of the super battle droids that roll up in mm-hmm. the wall and have their own shield right so uh, yeah droidicus yeah so the the gigantic version of those basically on steroids um they have the force field around them that stops the the lasers from coming in and, and getting them and it sounds like you know when we see some of the other things they're even it's not even like the gungan ray shield where you just kind of can walk through it without some damage being done so i mean these things are pretty formidable and and i was not expecting those to show up i really thought it was just going to be the two armies together i didn't think we were going to have some you know the boss level opponent for them to take down besides cad bane yeah, um, and, and even hear them talk about that a little bit. I mean, the mayor and everything saying this was what I was expecting, and uh, clearly it's not. You know, when you're dealing with the pikes, it's not always uh, what you're expecting. Maybe, maybe bit off a little more than he could chew. Huh? Oh yeah, a little. He got in deep with the sharks, or in this case, the squid fish. But those those giant spider scorpion looking droids were actually concept art so again we're pulling something that was a thought that didn't make it on screen but somebody took the time to render and they were like you know what yeah let's let's use that let's use that unused concept art and make it into live action so that that concept gets to see the light of day and i think they were cool i think they were they were well done um maybe could have been a little bit more accurate with their own blasters but you know that's all the bad guys in all of star wars campaign. oh yeah so and I think it, it continues to prove when Kathleen Kennedy took over the project and, you know, she had made some comment about how they don't have as much source material as does a Marvel or something like that. But ah. there's a ton of source material and we've been seeing Filoni, we've been seeing Favreau using it. Um, I mean, we've seen the, the concept art throughout this series. We've seen it through other series um, and it has really been done very, very well, paying a lot of homage to uh past Star Wars projects and even some of the announcements that we're seeing in, uh, you know, for the Ahsoka series and for Kenobi and I'm sure, you know, we'll get into that after all this, but um, bringing in a lot of new characters that have maybe been referenced previously. 
some yeah pulling some from other pieces of content i think unlike marvel where marvel obviously all got its start with the comic books and so there is a a ton of you know the comic the comic books in the marvel universe are kind of gold and like though that is the blueprint for most of it whereas star wars started with the movies and then there was some extra content that came afterwards so i mean I guess not as much content as Marvel, but I'm quickly catching up because there's oh, been explosion of material between the original trilogy and even just the prequel trilogy of like all the amount of time they had to fill between then and all the books, comics, video games, et cetera, that came out in between then. Um, there's lots of stuff for them to pull from, and I'm glad that we get to see some of it. I am glad for the people who are the Legends fans, you know, the deep cuts that they get some of this. Um, it's not going to shake out the way they maybe want it to. It's not going to be exactly, you know, panel for panel from every comic, but it is cool to see some of that paid off on in live action. For sure. Yeah. Um, so then we get, we get the Boba takes off. Boba's like, Hey, stall them. I mean, I'll be back. He sees these giant droids and is like, we can't take these things out ourselves. You know, we, we tried shooting all of our missiles and Mando even pulled out his dark saber, which I was expecting maybe more of a reaction from Boba when he saw that, like, where the heck did that come from? Right. Cause he didn't, he wasn't there to see Mando get it. He dropped them off in Mando season two finale and then took off. So he, to my understanding this would be the first that mando knows of the dark saber being in man or boba knows of mando possessing the dark saber correct yeah i would have maybe liked to see that given a little bit more time yeah i would agree with that especially because of boba's history with the jedi you'd think there'd be a little bit more pointing to but i mean in the same way that he's gotten a little soft maybe he's getting uh soft too yeah yeah He's he's more open minded. Sure, there it is. Boba. Yeah, there you go. It's it's 2022, even in a galaxy far, far away. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so then, I'm gonna skip forward a little bit. Mando's Mando sees Pelimoto show up on her little cart that we see in Attack of the Clones, I believe. It's Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. and he's surprised to see her more so than anything. He's like, "You gotta turn around." Get out of here. I mean, the voice acting alone in that scene from Pedro is fantastic. I mean, he is he is panicked. He's got anxiety. I don't think he was expecting to see basically an innocent bystander show up. And he's like, get get out of here. You you don't even know what's about what's coming behind me. And for her to be just like completely unaware and then like, oh, no. Yeah, let's go. Um, Was was funny. Huh? It was funny oh, it to was, see. Yeah, it was very funny, and it was it was also additionally funny when you see that he realizes that oh, she has Baby Yoda with her, and he mm-hmm. and he un- reveals her underneath the or reveals him underneath the the cloth. I mean, he's he's just in survival mode, full dad and, mode, and and in mid battle we get the reunion that we had been waiting for tugging at the heartstrings from mm. the fifth episode and or sixth episode, last episode. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you, Dan, I, I kind of got misty. I can relate. 
I can relate to not seeing your kiddo and wanting to and not being able to. And I didn't sob, but I got a, I got uh, somebody was chopping onions nearby. You had, I got a you had to get you had to get a little teary eyed at that at that sequence. I mean, that was a that was a really well done, uh, you know, shot of bringing him back and even saying, you know, oh, he's you're wearing the armor. You're, we- oh, you're like you got you're, the shirt. You're, you, you got, got the shirt. shirt. And I, I could be wrong. I'm pretty confident that there was a noise that didn't not sound like Dada come out of Grogu's mouth before he uses his new Jedi skill to jump <laughs> into, into Mando's arms. I might have to go back and watch, but it sounded like the first words that we may have heard Grogu speak were Dada. And Oof. if that's the case, I'm going to cry every time I see that episode. Now. Waterworks. I didn't hear that, but I mean, you could be, you could be accurate. Who knows? Oh man. Uh, but, now, did you see them? Did Grogu use the Force on the droid to cause the crash? No, I don't think so. I think yeah, they I'll watch it again because it—that was what I took away from it. Because it looked like he waves his hand, and then the droid's head just explodes. I don't think so. I thought they got. Uh, and now I'm misremembering it now, but in my head, from what I recall, I thought they—I thought the big scorpion droid shot at them and kind of. Um, this happened in the rise of Skywalker where they're on a speeder and they're going through the desert and their speeder blows up and everybody kind of gets dumped forward out of the speeder. Um, no, I did not. I did not think that Grogu used the force there. I thought he, they got shot and thus propelled forward. I'd check it out. I'd check it out. I might die on that hill. Cause okay. I, I, cause then that immediately leads to the sequence of Grogu facing off with the, uh, with the rancor. And could it be that um, Grogu knew that he could handle, you know, he could handle that fight? So instead of running, he wanted to go back and and fight. I don't know. I don't know. I did see in sort of slow motion, though, um, as they were falling out of the cart, Mando use his jetpack and obviously catch, tuck, and roll with Grogu. Mm-hmm. And I saw, I thought I saw it in that scene, but I didn't get confirmed until later. Pelimoto losing a tooth. In that crash, what? Oh, what? Yes. She lost a tooth. I thought it was uh, that was just so like. That's pretty funny. She's just so ragtag. Just like it's it's very fitting for her character to just like spit a tooth out and just like, well, it is what it is, and kept going. That's pretty funny. I didn't so, even. Yeah. I had not noticed that. Oh yeah, she lost a tooth. That was that was more more comedy gold from from that character. Um, and then obviously, we get what we've been waiting for. Boba shows up, riding the Rancor. Riding a bantha. Riding like a bantha. Like a bantha. Riding the Rancor. I mean, cool intro with the just like kind of ominous up over the top of the building. I don't know that my first route to go would be using the Rancor to scale and climb atop of buildings to get there. Like maybe have him go down some roads. But hey, you know what? To each his own. We've got Rancor. Rancor, aka King Kong, aka Rampage, um, and that scene of those those two, the droid and the rank, the Rancor. I thought the Rancor was gonna get got there for a minute. He took some pretty big shots from from that droid. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I thought the, the same chest. thing. I thought the same thing, but it goes to show how strong it is. Yeah, and there were people online who were saying, you know, why didn't Boba just call him the Slave One because he does have that capability. He has. Uh, the wrists, uh, you know, controlled slave one and 
you know, I think it's just because that's a for script. It's way cooler to have him come in in the rancor and be mm-hmm. uh, showing again that comment of being in the street with the people and um, being a little more hand to hand. And that's just such a show of power. I'm riding a rancor. Get out. Right. That was amazing cool scene cool to see at the the rancor did have like some sort of chest plate so i am curious to know if that was somehow beskar or if that was some other metal but it seems to help a little bit in some of the blows that it was taken to the chest but man i i really thought that the the rancor was going to be this cool thing that boba rides in on and and then it looked like it was going to get got but um Mm -hmm. ultimately ultimately they defeat the big droids and um there was some there was some scenage there where i think uh, yeah conveniently other folks not helping out and or going slow but we'll get to that in a minute um we've got the one where mando's got his dark saber uh, the the back of the one droid is red and thus apparently mm-hmm. weakened weakened and sure and Din's able to get in there and he's kind of like up on top of it for, I want to say like 15 seconds before he decides to do anything. And I'm like, D- get up there and go like, cause the, the rancor is taking blows while he's up there. And I'm like, mm-hmm. do we need to, we need Mando to chop this thing's head off while he's in there. And well, I think it just continues to really harpen in the fact that he doesn't know really what he's doing with his dark saber. Yeah, true. He's not as swift as an Ahsoka Tano is with mm-hmm. her set of sabers, right? Mm-hmm. He's 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 almost carrying like a giant battle axe. Yeah, so it's a little clunky, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Luke Skywalker and Ahsoka gets in there, and they probably cut off you know two of the legs, and then then we're done. Yeah, and at one point, then he I can't remember in order sequence if he does he lose. Does he lose the dark saber right there? I think he does. He drops it, at least. Um, he drops it, and then he goes and picks up Grogu. Um, I can't tell if this is this is before or after Cad Bane shows up, so forgive me. Um, but he's doing he's doing something with the dark saber. At some point, he gets he gets pushed back, drops the dark saber, and I'm like, okay. And and this I I did listen to Rebel Force Radio. Somebody else mentioned it. I didn't. I didn't think anything of it. I'm just like, oh, yeah, he's going to pick it up. But I don't know that we ever saw him pick it back up. Did you see him yeah, pick the Darksaber back up or have it? I later? didn't see him pick it up. And we've now, this is the second time we've had a question of has a Jedi picked up their lightsaber after the conversation with Yoda and how did Luke get right. Um, I mean, I, I feel like that would be something that you would have to draw some clear attention to, or that would have been a clear uh, post credit scene of somebody picking it up. Or some phantom hand picking it up. So I'm gonna predict that he'll just have it and yeah. that's just normal. I can't imagine he would get back in the N one, do all this stuff. I mean, he even made the comment earlier in the season, I know everything that's in this box. I know every weapon on my person. Right. That'd be pretty so just, like the character. They just didn't really show it. I, I assume that's safe that to sure. be the case is just interesting. Somebody pointed that out. I was like, ah, oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, if you if you're nitpicking there, I don't know that I actually saw him get it. And yeah. we, uh, the only reason I mentioned is because of what we just talked about with Yoda. And like, of course, he got his lightsaber, uh, did he? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and then Cad Bane 
So Cad Bane shows up, and Cad oh, Bane too. is like, what the heck? You've got a Rancor. But immediately knows what to do. Mm-hmm. Is it common knowledge that Rancors are terrified of fire? I feel like Cad Bane, if anybody knows that, he would know that. I'm sure he's had to face a Rancor before in all of his galactic uh, adventures. So that's how I, that's my headcanon for it. Yeah, I'm, it makes enough sense to me. I'm not complaining about it. It was just like, dang, I really, I really thought that the Rancor was going to eat Cad Bane. I really thought that was going to happen. Yeah. I really wanted that to happen, or at least attempt to. Instead, we got the Rancor try to eat Mando later and almost break its teeth on his Beskar. But, um, but anyways, Cad Bane, Cad Bane shoots his flames. Rancor runs away, tail between his legs. Boba gets thrown to the ground. And that starts what I thought might be the end of Boba Fett. It looked like it. Our man, our man was laying down on the ground. Cad Bane had him dead to rights. And <clears throat> in Cad Bane's hubris, decided to have a monologue instead of just ending it. And what do we know about anybody who has the upper hand who, just, who begins to talk? They get got. Especially in Star Wars. Oh. And how cool that it was the gaffy stick. That it was, you know, he is calling him soft. He said that your time with them are making you soft. And that's literally what he used to defeat him. It's like poetry. It rhymes. It, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was super poetic. It was exactly what I wanted. I, I don't know that I wanted that specifically, but I can't think of a better way for it to have happened based on what we've seen with Boba and his character development. I mean, I feel like almost more so than anything, like they were at least very consistent in that when this new version of Boba that's come out of the Sarlacc pit, when, when things start going south, he doesn't always rely on his gadgets. He he goes back to what he knows and what he knows here of late and what he's had more training with is that gaffy stick. We saw it with Black Chrysanthemum when he was getting pulled out of the back to tank and we see it here and man, as, as cool as all of his gadgets are, him with that gaffy stick is so much cooler. And that was, I mean, that was our payoff for all the Tuscan Raider you know, sequences and things like that. I think that was the big get for like, this is why we did it. And it makes sense. It's very cool. And a hundred percent, the reason why I had to get the Boba Fett Funko pop with the Gaffy stick. Because (laughs) I do have the painting that I picked up from Disney while I was down there with him with the Gaffy stick. And now I have the Funko of him in his new armor and with the Gaffy stick. So I've kind of got like both versions of Boba to go put up with that display, but yeah, so cool. cool. Poetic justice, and I, I gotta agree with everybody else. Though I wasn't ready for Cad to go, I, as as much as he deserved to go for everything, um, I wasn't ready. Yeah. I would have I would have liked for him to have stuck around and been like, you know, injured and ran away and lived to fight another day. Like the payout's not good enough for me to die here. Um, they yeah, had it- to have died. It would have been cool to have him be like kind of the the ghost in the shadows of of Star Wars and wondering like oh could Cad Bane show up you know in this series or here and right you know obviously with the next one being Kenobi we're going to be going backwards in time so there is a possibility that he shows up in other things yeah um, so and obviously a lot of people like you said as our characters ever really dead in Star Wars and there was 
some kind of beeping that was coming out of his um his armor cad bangs yeah. that made people think you know oh is he paging his droid uh toto 360 to come pick him up and and save him and i don't i don't know i i prefer maybe i'm old school but you know when you're dead you're dead and that's kind of the point but the only exception to that would be darth maul and boba fett so far of 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 they came back and it was cool palpatine coming back in my opinion was weird ended up being all right whatever but uh i mean he looks very dead he gets shanked in the chest with a gaffy stick, he's he's gone, and he's old mm-hmm. too. That's the other thing. He's not some spry young individual who can just soak in a back to tank. I, like I feel like he's pretty pretty old for him to bounce back from that would be kind of crazy. So, but I do feel bad for casual fans watching that because him referencing, you know, I'm not a boy anymore. I would watch that and be like, well, what do you mean? Like, yeah, of course you're not a boy. You're you just are meeting this guy or whatever when they clearly have a long, you know, tailed history together. Theory. That interaction and that setup will drive folks who are a bit more casual back to the source content of Clone Wars. Oh, probably. And um, Bad Batch. And so to your point of him showing up in other things, he's not gone in Bad Batch. So he could absolutely still show up in Bad Batch. I mean, he did in the first season. He didn't. True. He's, he's still around. He could still be out there and they could run into him again. Um, in that series, um, I don't think he'll show up in Kenobi, but in theory, timeline wise, he's he's around there. He he's around. Um, yeah. There's a lot of people around at that time. We'll get into that in a minute. But so Cad Bane is gone. Cad Bane is gone, and really, the only thing left from here is tying up all of the the, the syndicate, the the leaders there, the Trandoshan, the Aqualish, the Mayor the platoonian and then the pike leader are all in this hut panicking because it's not gone the way that they anticipated. And um, <laughs> this is not hospitable. My men were either, you know, killed or eaten by a rancor. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a good line. <laughs> and so a really cool deep cut of that scene specifically. So the, the Trandoshan leader and the mayor are both voiced by Robert Rodriguez and mm. the the Clatoonian and the Pike leader are also voiced by the same actor. <laughs> so so That's we've got fun. we've got like five characters and maybe three voices <laughs> in the room together. Yeah, it's, it's it's almost like an episode of Family Guy or even yeah. the Clone Wars where you've got <laughs> multiple voices for the same voice actor. But right. um, that was kind of cool. And then oh man, one of the coolest scenes. There was a lot of them, but one of the coolest scenes, maybe Fennec Shan's best scene ever. Fennec Shan's a master assassin. I think we've uh, decided, we've figured that out. If that was ever in question, she takes out the whole group one by one, pew, 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 and hangs, hangs the mayor, mm-hmm. and then shanks the the pike leader. And even has the green blood on her blade to show for it. Yeah, so cool, excellent. Yeah, that was that was awesome. I mean, there's literally no complaints that I have for that. For that Fennec, Fennec freaking Shand, man. Yeah, dude, absolutely love it. Everything's been tied up. The bad guys are all gone. We get a nice, clean resolution to everything that's happened here. 
we flash forward and, and Boba's walk in the streets. And instead of people, I mean, we didn't see, you know what? I guess we did kind of get what you expected when you had called this earlier in the season. You yeah. had said, that, yeah, yep. I'll let you, I'll let you go ahead. But yeah, I mean, we, we kept seeing the scene over and over again of Boba trying to establish power and all the people either shrugging him off or, you know, not thinking that he's, his control is legit. But then, after this, especially with all three other crime families, you know, now probably in ruin, I would have to imagine that Boba has now kind of re-established what Jabba the Hutt had before the Fortuna kind of cut it into three little, you know, smaller tribes. I'm assuming now he's kind of the, the man. And um, we see all these kids coming up and giving him melons, and we see everybody, you know, paying respects to him, and even uh, Fennec Shand. Or Boba saying something like, "Oh, it's a little weird." He's like, "Well, you're, you're the, you're the man now. So this is kind of what you get." Java led with fear. I intend to rule with respect. And that line he, finally, finally paid off. Yeah. I don't think there was ever a point in time where Java saved the people of the city. Right? There was never but, really. A, he was he was the bad guy, and they had to pay their taxes to him, and maybe a little bit of protection money, whatever, but I don't know if we ever uh, seen anything where Jabba saved the day, and that's why Boba is now so well-loved in the town, at Fennec as well, um, to where they're, they're showering him with Melu runs, and oh, um, yeah. that, was, that was a cool scene. They did, Boba kind of spoke the line of, you know, I don't know if I'm ready for this, and uh, who else would run the town? And then we, we get the end credit scene later with Cobb Vanth in the back to tank. So, yeah. so Boba, Boba mentions that his, his shoulder, why has it got to be my right shoulder? Because that's the one he uses to sort of like bow and appreciate the respect. Mm-hmm. And the back to tank is taken. It's it's occupied. And I thought it was going to be Black Chrysanthemum because he, he basically Even promised so. Black Chrysanthemum a back to bath earlier in the episode. And well, and probably more than one person can use it, but for that episode, I mean, obviously, Cop Van being on the brink of destruction and then showing the mod there, and we'll see if we get Robocop Cop Vanth, I guess. Um, yeah, would you know, makes me think of that's where we would go with it. Um, you know, we have seen a lot of stuff out of Ranges of the New Republic, and that, um, that may or may not be happening anymore as far as just a, a series goes. So could we see a lot of, um, you know, the plot lines from that series play out into a Boba Fett season two where Cobb Vanth and, uh, you know, Cara Dune, if they work that whole stuff out, um, have some created plot lines. We could see that. I could see it, but um, yeah, wrapped up that well. And then as far as Mando goes, I mean, we see, the very cute scene of him flying off with Grogu and um, Grogu wanting him to, to use the, the afterburners over and over again because he was going so fast. And uh, who knows where they're flying off to? We don't have any, really any inclination of what his next journey is so they can start Mando 3 wherever they want. Yeah, uh, to be determined. I got to tell you, I did not think that's what Grogu was kind of pestering him for. I thought Grogu was not happy to be in the bubble I thought, he to, I thought he wanted to sit closer to Mando and like 
where are you going to sit, buddy? You're going to have to be on my lap. Like I can't, oh, I can't funny. fly with you on my lap. That's what I was thinking. And then to see him just like giddy to hit the afterburners, like you mentioned, yep. the NOS and just uh, that, uh, that was hilarious to me. Oh, yeah, um, sure. Especially since that wasn't exactly what I was anticipating. He was asking for That was, mm-hmm. that was, that was funny. Um, Cobb Vanth, I will take a moment and I Cobb Vanth quickly became one of my favorite characters um of the mando verse the uh, i will say maybe an original character or mm-hmm. uh, somebody that we haven't seen in live action at least before and uh, i special place in my heart because i read those books where he was introduced originally mm-hmm. um and i was pretty bummed when it sounded like he was dead i was so so happy to see him in that back to tank and to see the mod surgeon um up there doing work and playing his techno music and his big battle droid hand lighting the torch to to start modifying Cobb Vance. Ah, nailed it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. It'd be cool to see uh, how he comes back and what, you know, is in store for that character moving forward. Uh, curious. Very curious. Now we've wrapped things up um, on this episode. I will be curious to see what we get moving forward. I think somebody, somebody else said it best. I don't know who, but... Um, I've heard over the last couple of days of whether or not we get a season two of Boba Fett of book of Boba Fett, these characters are fair game in all of this Mando verse live action, all these shows to have their crossover moments, even if they don't get their own standalone show. I personally subscribe to the theory that there will be a Boba Fett season two. Um, It was really funny yesterday. Ming-Na Wen was tweeting about the show and that it's you know the season one is out in its entirety watch it all on disney plus like kind of mm-hmm. help and promote it and i was like season one you say hmm season one you know people don't typically say season one of a season or of a show where there's only one season if i told mm. you if i told you hey this is my first wife that it's implies cool. that there's another one coming, Correct. a second one that exists. So well, even in on Disney Plus, it shows it as a as a season finale, not as a series finale. So I am I am curious to see if it's a season two of Book of Boba Fett. If they go a different direction and they have sort of these like Book of Blank, because there's already <laughs> been those rumors about the Bo-Katan series. So there could be a Book of Bo-Katan or a book of Fennec Shand, or a book of Cobb Vanth, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's the way they go, and maybe they tie into your point, some of those uh, Rangers of the New Republic um, scripts and plot lines into some of the, weave those back into some of those other shows. Um, well, I think ultimately we're leading up to the the big buddy up movie that, you know, there's a Star Wars movie project that's supposed to be released in 2025, I think it is. And I think that all of what they're doing right now is building up to that. And this is the biggest complaint that we've always gotten from uh, the sequel trilogies of there wasn't really a plan. But if we're trusting that Filoni and Favreau are the two that are on this and now they're they're going to launch five years of TV content that plays back into the other three or four years of TV content to build up to a movie that seems pretty planned out. Uh, to me so i think it's i think that's the ultimate you know what we're going to see out of this and then kenobi will be a big test to see kind of what we go with there because there's been so many good rumors coming out about 
you know, we have Hayden Christensen back and he's going to be a little more, uh, you know, darker of a character. And we're going to have uh, the Inquisitors, which haven't seen a live action debut. And, you know, that was always a huge plot point of both Rebels and both um, Rebels and the, the Clone Wars as well with the Inquisitors. And I think that's just going to be um, an awesome, awesome series there. And there's a lot they can do with it too. I don't think we're going to see Mando be just because of going backwards in time. That'd yep. be a little weird. Um, but we'll see who, what characters we get. Man, I, I gotta tell you. So I came down off of watching the finale and on the same day we get the date for the drop for the Kenobi series. Mm-hmm. And I lost my mind. I'm like, this is one of the better star Wars days you know, in terms of anything, all this stuff happening in one day. This is one of the better Star Wars days we've had in a, in a while um, oh. of stuff all happening at once. And I, as much as I have enjoyed the Book of Boba Fett, I thoroughly have. It's had some moments that made me go, huh, maybe that isn't exactly what I've expected, but very much an enjoyable series. I think if you now, knowing everything, go back and rewatch it beginning to end, um, things to tie in and make more sense sure. than maybe kind of the confusing direction that it maybe appeared to be going at first. Um, it was a little to somebody else's point schizophrenic in that mm-hmm. it kind of was all over the place, but at the end they tied up a lot of loose ends. And um, I think there is more to be seen from the character and characters from the show, whether, like I said, it's in season two or not, but ultimately I liked the series quite a bit. I thought it did a lot of uh, good storytelling, some things that we weren't expecting, some characters that we now love um, and what more, and, and some characters that we didn't have before in live action in yeah. obviously um, in Cad Bane that we now got and, and Black Crescenton, um that we got to see. So um, I don't know that it's my absolute favorite. I still think I favor a little bit more of the Mandalorian series so far, but very much enjoyable. Felt very local though is maybe the only thing of of the stuck to Tatooine when we were talking about Boba Fett sure. um the whole time. He did not go anywhere. Mando went places. Um sure. Boba Boba stuck Tatooine the whole time, which I was kind of expecting based on how they hyped the show up. Um so what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the series? Yeah, final thoughts. I mean you summed it up pretty well there. It's uh it was a little you know touch and go sometimes is all over the place, but Ultimately, I think we did get a very good arc of uh, his Boba Fett story and seeing we got so many things that we wanted to see um, get paid off. I mean, we look back to the whole series. We got to see him, how he survived the the Rancor. We got to see how he... Um, Sarlacc. It's the Sarlacc, thank you. Um, we got to see him ride a Rancor. We got to see Luke Skywalker and Ahsoka con- you know, have a conversation about his father, which is unreal that we got to see that. So uh, like you had kind of alluded to, there's a lot of things that happen in the series where if you had told me before starting the series, you're going to get all these things. I would say, I don't know how I'm not going to like this show. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, ultimately it was a great show. And I think we have to you know, appreciate, I know the guys on Star Wars uh, or Rebel Force Radio had said, you know, just enjoy Star Wars and like Star Wars. And that's what we got. We're, we started this podcast and we said it. we're in a golden age of, of content that we're getting right now. And I think ultimately we just have to appreciate the fact that we just got seven weeks of 
great Star Wars content that we normally wouldn't have get gotten. If people, if people's chief complaint is that this is the worst of the live action Star Wars series so far, we are definitely in a golden age. Yeah, if Mandalorian never existed, and this was the first thing you got. Oh my gosh, everybody yeah. would be losing their minds. I mean, the to to the team's credit of the creatives over there, they've given us such good content over the last few years that we've kind of raised the bar a little bit. And, um, you know, I, I, but again, Book of Boba was fantastic to move forward, though. Holy crap, am I excited? Oh, uh, no doubt. I'm sure you are. So Kenobi, Obi-Wan Kenobi is by far my favorite character. It's not even really that close. Um, he's always been, I don't know why, I just sort of liked to, I liked his evolution as Phantom Menace Obi-Wan to almost instantly thrown into the fire to be, you know, a Jedi Knight Obi-Wan. And then later on, obviously, old Ben Kenobi. Um, the Clone Wars expanded upon all of that. Rebels expanded upon all of that. And I just love Ewan McGregor as an actor. So for yeah. him, him to be coming back and hitting me with all of the prequel feels, I cannot wait. You are all going to be annoyed with me at how pumped I am for that series, but um, I won't shut up about it. So absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun seeing uh, what they do with that character. There's so much to, there's so much to unpack there and a lot of story to tell. And it'll be fun to be on that adventure together uh, through the podcast verse and uh, breaking all that down too. We did not get our big cameos that we had predicted. So to close out what we've done so far in these other episodes of who's going to show up, we did not get, I did not get a bingo. I got close. I did not get a bingo. Bosk did not end up showing up to complete my, my five squares. Um, and Kira and Han Solo did not show up. Um, would that have been fantastic? Absolutely. Was it necessary? Probably not. Um, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, it would have been, I think it would have been nice to have more of a big bad, you know, yeah. some kind of looming uh, evil that's still reigning, because right now we don't really have anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, big bad still hanging around. Uh, the post credit scene didn't really give us any kind of, um, you know, tremor or fear. It was really just, you know, what's what happened to Cobb Vance. Uh, so I would have liked to see something where there was a little bit more at play in the background. Uh, but who knows, we, we could very well get that eventually yeah well man I yeah absolutely we've got a lot of fun stuff coming we probably will have some if, if not more as frequent uh we'll have some fun stuff to get us in between here and whether it's kenobi on may 25th or if the bad bash decides to show up early which i won't be mad about um, <laughs> we'll break down those episodes obviously but until then uh we'll have some fun things that we'll throw at you guys but hopefully you all enjoyed Boba Fett. And you know what? If it wasn't your favorite, that's okay too. The fact that we get more Star Wars is good to me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to be able to break it all down with you, just as we are now. And we will be back sooner than you think with more Star Wars stuff. Dan, that's right. Signing may, off. May the Force be with you. <laughs>